Hi, everyone. My name is PK, and I'm so thrilled to have Paul with me today, as well as John Menciamelli. And today's story, today's episode is going to be super inspirational because, you know, oftentimes I interview clients who are in their 20s and their 30s, maybe in their 40s. That's, let's face it, the typical type of person who works with me. But last year, I got a call from Paul who you know, explained to me his life journey, his life story. He's north of 50, on the wiser side of 50, and he wasn't sure whether property investing was still possible for him. We'll get into things like bankruptcy. We'll get into things like him being scammed by property spookers. We'll get into things like you know, divorce and all this kinds of thing. But Paul was genuinely in a place where you know, he didn't have much to his name. He didn't know how he would fund his retirement. And we're getting there. And that is a story. It's not a, hey, he's on a 60, 100K passive income right now. That's not the story, but we're getting there. That is a story. And also, I'm very grateful because John, he's, <laughs> he's the mortgage broker who Paul found out about through at my channel. I've done a couple of videos with John, super humble, super nice guy. And he's really, how you could say, um, held Paul's hand, so to speak, through this journey and really made it happen. So I didn't want to take credit for what Paul has achieved. And I'm sure John doesn't want to take credit, but rather I wanted to bring the team together and just expose the story. So it inspires you, even if you're not you know, over 50, even if you're 21 or even if you're 31, the story will inspire you about what you need to do about property investing, how you need to plan for your retirement and how you can overcome obstacles to get there. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Thank you so much for making time, guys. And um, like I was saying before we hit record, um, Paul, once again, you know, huge congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Um, so let, let's get into it. You know, you called me last year. And I think it was, I don't want to make this up, maybe like August, September time. I can't remember exactly. And then you ended up signing up to the course early this year. And in the meantime, your financial advisor sort of, I'm not sure if they're listening or not, but they kind of recommended not to do this because of what you've been through. Maybe just take us through on, on the journey of, you know, the highs and, and the lows, what you've experienced in your life and how you were, once again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were kind of down and out, you know, just kind of take us through yeah. that story. Yeah. So certainly in my 20s and 30s, as I lived in Melbourne, um, was living in Elwood and spent my time um, really at auctions, um, going to Jan, Jan's, I can't remember her name, 
Jen Summers or someone. Jen Summers, yeah. Yes, her um, break. And it was very similar <coughs> in terms of, you know, the, the vanilla, um, you know, buy and hold strategy. So quite obsessed. My family has a long history of property development and property. I actually started buying some investment properties. They were doing really well. Um, then I moved to Queensland. Um, and around about that, my accountant had recommended that I invest heavily in a thing called Barkworth Olives. And um, I'd known my account for a long time, and he was a, a very lovely man. And um, I was young enough to think, oh, well, you can kind of, you know, make a few kind of risky ventures. Um, and uh, and I actually borrowed a lot of money as well. And didn't I had no idea this was going to happen, but the whole thing went under, and there were lots of suppliers owed a lot of money. And so all of the different people who'd invested in that particular Thing. And it was a very, you know, they'd even made olive oils and it was this really big thing that looked fantastic. And uh, and it went under and, and taking all of us with it. So that kind of meant that um, I had to sell my investment properties um, and it actually ended up, I ended up being bankrupt as a result of that, which was kind of the last thing I'd ever expected. And this is kind of my early 40s. So um, that took me out for seven years, which is a long time to be out of the market. Right. So um, at that point, um, I ended up in a new relationship and we then um, bought a little house and paid that off pretty quickly. And then, um, you, and then I was working very, very hard with a few jobs at the same time. And we bought a whole lot of properties around the GFC, I think, in America, um, mainly Ohio. And um, we ended up getting a massive passive income from that. So... It wasn't that long ago that I was after this big journey we'd been on. Um, or in the meantime, a family member had decided to um, take my rather large inheritance, which I could have retired on quite comfortably. Um, so that didn't help at the same time. Anyway, so in the end, um, the relationship split up. Uh, my part, I was meant to be traveling the rest of my life with my ex-partner. Um, so at the end of the day, um, he ended up with all of the properties that had a very high income because they were worth very little. And I ended up with this little old house in the birds in Brisbane. Um, and that was about it. And I was like, okay, where do you go to from here? So at that point, um, I was, I love interior design. So I think maybe I could flip houses. And of course, with the pandemic, the costs went up to the point where that was prohibitive. And I was kind of lost. And also I think because the big thing for me was that I trusted so many people. There are lots of other stories behind the scene, but they're the big ones. Um, and each of those people, I think I felt, you know, at some level betrayed or let down or something like that. And um, it's still followed property. It's been a passion all of my life. And when I saw your YouTube channel, there was a little ember of hope left. It wasn't much. You couldn't roast a marshmallow on it <laughs> and then you started talking about data and I was like oh and being a psychologist you know I have a um, long history of majoring in statistics for far too many years which I didn't like but it was very important um, and then I looked at I watched all of your videos um, and it did seem that the, the the data seemed valid and reliable which to me were the big two things that we were taught at uni anyway and I thought, ah, oh, this is different. This is not a spruker. Um, I'd also been almost caught up with some spruikers. Um, there's another one which was a, um, a particular, uh, it's a bit of a long story, but there's a particular land banking thing in Acacia Banks in Bendigo. 
and I put all my super into that. Um, and at the time it was legally okay, everything was fine. And that also went under, I think, ACCC or ASIC or somewhere, I don't know, shut it down, taking all the investors with it, all the mums and dads and, and people like me as well with it as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of part of my background as well. So when I saw data, I thought, I trust data. I actually don't know whether I trust humans much anymore in this space. <laughs> don't blame you. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I thought, oh, I'll look into this a bit more. So we had a conversation um, and my um, my financial advisor, knowing my history, was like, oh, you know, why is this guy wanting you to spend so much in the course? You know, be very careful. And, uh, and, uh, and unfortunately, the timing was we were having the, you know, boom of a generation. So I would have, you know, if I had have just done it, of course, I would have made a lot more money. But at the same time, um, you know, I actually had that conversation with you. and. Um, I also did feel that over the time that I got to know you virtually through YouTube and all the different people you interviewed your ex or her clients, um, there was an integrity I could see yeah. um, and, a, and an actual and a real sort of sense of being a humble person. And so when you talk about, um, you know, anything, so what does the data say? What does the data say? Not well. My belief, my my, you know, my sort of ego tells us that hotspotting the areas of what I believe are this, that, and the other. And so I started to trust you as well. Um, and then I watched some a video of John Mancimelli in the old days. I remember watching him avidly on Sky News. So there was a kind of a trust or familiarity there with him. Um, and By so, the way, I don't know why John agreed to do YouTube videos with me, given he's been on Sky News. <laughs> like that was when I first, I was like, really? Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh, PK, you, you've taught me so much, mate. So, you know, you can, you can teach an old dog new tricks, right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, and then when I signed on to the course, and it, and it actually is uh, valid and reliable data, and um, I actually tested it myself by looking at certain suburbs and then you know investing in another one and by the time I came back to that suburb it was too late <laughs> because it was you know the, the the person I was speaking to said oh yeah you and another person can look through this property and um the, the, a month later or six weeks later or whatever after buying in one place they're saying I'm sorry can you line up with 20 other people from Sydney and Melbourne because this is really hot market at the moment so I could see also from the internal mentorship program uh, recordings of people who have no interest that no one ever hears these stories and there was valid and reliable um, qualitative data coming from them as well so um, this gave me all the confidence in the world um, and uh, so that's when I got in touch with John as well and then because of the pandemic um, it had actually reduced my income. I'm a self-employed person by a lot. And then, um, and what I found really powerful with John is a very different model because other property um, people I've spoken to in the past, brokers, they do kind of everything. And so it's a bit hard to kind of, I don't know, it was a bit different. But with John, he's like all of the, how would you put it? All of the hack, I don't know, hack work. There's a lot of very complex work that goes on. But a lot of the, um, I don't know, transactional stuff or whatever it is, um, is a power broker. And then I talked to John about strategy. Um, so it's a very different type of model and I paid for that and it was worth yeah. its own gold. Um, so with that, 
new kind of broking model that I really loved. It meant that um, I didn't meet the criteria because of my reduced income over the two years for one investment property. And then John rang me back and he said, mate, listen, I know you can't get one, but I've done some thinking and whatever. How about two? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? So um, it was just amazing. So with you, the course, John, his model of broking, it's like the planets lined up for me. And for the first time in many years, and this is from the heart, I feel like it's kind of like, not kind of, it's like a dream team. It's kind of like a team of people that you, it's just like gold. To, for me to trust after so many betrayals and then to have hope is hard to express gratitude for. It's a very powerful thing for me. And um, as yeah. thanks to both of you and the blood, sweat and tears that went into you creating that course over the years, using statistics and data and creating something that is valid and reliable and does create results for people, um, it's very, uh, very powerful because it's finally giving me some real hope and data-driven hope. And you've got this amazing kind of, a pro, what is it, pro, you know, the um, a quantum tool and you plug in all of the things. And I think, oh, my God, if I'm aggressive enough and I put all these properties in this particular way, I can actually, you know, get some passive income that's going to mean that I can retire reasonably, you know, not in the way that I was supposed to or I thought I would, but that's mm. okay. I don't need a lavish lifestyle, but it's giving me hope. Yeah. that That's so, I mean... You're you're remarkably stoic in the way you relay your story. If I had been through what you have been through, I don't know if I would have had the courage to trust anyone or to invest in property ever again. Like that's just that's just coming from the heart as well. And when we had that phone call, well, when I had that phone call with you, you know, like it's kind of a big thing to take almost $6,000 from someone like, you know, whether it's an 18 year old client who's, you know, busted their ass at a fruit shop for five years to save up the money for a deposit. And then they're giving you six or $6,000 for the course, or whether it's you who's been through so many ups and downs. And it's like, you really need this to work. Like, you know, otherwise, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but if this didn't work, I think you would have just called it quits and been like, to hell with property. If, if I can't trust PK, who's supposedly trustworthy on YouTube, then I can't trust anyone. You know what I mean? Like, it was a big thing to. for me to take your money. So to I, know. I know I'm a business owner, but I'm just speaking from the heart. I probably yeah. would have been a few years just moved to Sri Lanka and also, I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> not looking good. This was kind of the, the final thing, you know, because I, I'm almost 60. Um, and this is it, you know, and I, and so to, and this is why for me it feels really quite profound because for me to trust you guys um, and the data that you have provided is massive because this is it. I don't have, I'm not in my 30s as I was, thinking, oh, you know, I've got 10 years to make errors and be, you know, back then, you know, it would have been the equivalent to crypto or something. Yeah, that's fine, not knowing what can actually happen. Um there is no time left. And if I do a 30-year strategy, I'm dead at that stage. And that makes <laughs> what retirement do you Who have? knows? Like, we will make. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so, I'll maybe flip it there. But, I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the 30-year plan, I'm like, yeah, and I was having 30 years. And that's not good. <laughs> so it was kind of the final, final gasp. But um, I'm yeah. just so grateful that I found you guys. 
No, and 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 John, um, I w- I want to ask you to the extent that you you want to and are able to share how you went from, you know, not being able to give Paul any servicing, not even for one property, to then being able to buy two. I, I do want to get to that, but I just want to mine this concept of trust just for one more second because. Yeah, like I always say, I don't really care if anyone does my course or not. Like it's you know, we're beyond that now. But what do people need to do to actually build trust? Because I know John, you've also been in a similar situation in terms of you've been less than impressed with people you've handed over your money to in property circles. Um, from your experience, um, and this is not about my course, but from your experience. How can someone ascertain, especially if they're brand new to property investing, and let's say they're, you know, on the wiser side of 50, so, you know, they don't have all the time in the world. How can they ascertain who to trust? There's plenty of trustworthy people out there versus who not to trust. Yeah. Well, firstly, PK, thank you so much for having me back on. Again, I feel very humbled. And to everyone who's reached out to me, thank you. Um, I'm always uh, incredibly honoured when someone reaches out to me. You know, PK, with that question, who you can trust, as someone, you know, also in my 50s, I, I, I wish I had someone that I could um, have turned to, a mentor. Often, if you can find someone that has been there and done that, because it's not so much the successes that they've had in life, it's the losses that they've had in life. That, and that's where the wisdom comes in. You know, Paul and I will look at, you know, you guys and the generation coming through now, and it's all, it's all worked out. Uh, but life gets in the way and sometimes there are things that you can't teach that a mentor will be able to go, hey, you know what? It's not all peaches and ice cream. There are going to be times in life where it's going to come out and take it underneath from you. And a mentor kind of sometimes will, will yeah, will help you um, on that journey. So if I'm, I, I, like my own, my own children, I'm saying to them, you know, find a mentor that you can trust because that experience and that life skills and, and things like that. So that's probably the, big, uh, the biggest one. Nice. And also just be a healthy dose of scepticism. It's always a, a good thing to have as well. And, and there's plenty of really good people out there, whether it's, you know, you don't have to use me as broker. There's plenty of good brokers out there. But I think what you've done, PK, is that you've, you've found a way to teach people where they, they can empower themselves with knowledge. And, um, you know, on behalf of the whole community, thank you, PK. I'm, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be part of this journey that you started. So, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of it as well. I, I just created something for myself and it seems to have become bigger than me now. So I'm very grateful for it. Um, I, I want to come back to how you were able to get the loans, but uh, I just want to ask Paul one question just initially. It was something playing on my mind, so I hope, hope it's not out of turn. One thing that you said really struck with me, and it, when it comes to mentoring and things like that, you know, you, you asked me on the first call that we had, or maybe the second call that we had, you were like, there are plenty of other courses out there, PK. There's one from the Property Couch, great guys. They have, you know, bundles of integrity. They're also really into data. They're probably more experienced than I am, at least by age, right? It's a cheap course, $500. It's, it's probably very good. I genuinely haven't asked you your answer to this, and none of this is scripted. Hopefully it goes well. But why did you not just do that course? And, you know, there's so many scores out there, boom score, location score, this score, that score. Why not just do that course, 
for 500 bucks, save yourself more than $5,000. Why did you end up coming over to our camp, so to speak? Sure. I think because um, this is the final kind of shot I've got and I had to make sure that the person that created the framework in which I would be putting my trust um, and not saying anything about anyone else at all. I mean, they've got great integrity and everything else, but there was something about you that, that just felt incredibly authentic and real. And certainly um, the information that you share on YouTube had stacked up. I looked at older YouTube clips compared them to new ones. The, the predictions based on data were accurate. Uh, again, not saying other people had not had this. Um, and for me, I, and I'm watching all of you, I spent many hours <laughs> watching all of your... Um, That's why I do it, so I'm happy. And other, <laughs> other people as well, you know, like this, you know, and these are real people. No one's getting paid for this, you know, like these are real people who are wanting to um, share their stories. Um, and I thought, wow. So, and there is something about you, I think, um, that does have, there's an authenticity, there's a realness. And this has been backed up in the mentorship um, experience I've had with you as well in terms of the responses I've had to lots of emails, um, lots of questions, the community forum. Um, and um, yeah, so, and I'm more than $6,000, compa- you know, given the, the the value that I've got out of $6,000 is way more, way more than than $6,000. With John, the same thing, someone who's quality, someone who offers a different le- level of service, which does have a mentoring component, is like a good mate who's got your back as well. And there's a, a really good relationship that's developed. However much it is to pay for the extra, I mean, it's worth it's nothing compared to the value you get from it. So I think for me, that's that's why. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for answering that. I appreciate it. Um, and th- this next bit, I hope, is going to bring everyone a ton of value because it's the age-old question, hey, I've maxed out my borrowing capacity or I can't get another loan. How do I get another loan? What to speak of another two loans? John, um, once again, to the extent that you're able to go into the mechanics and the weeds and you know the, the nitty-gritty, how were you able to get um, Paul, who's, like we're saying, you know, um, close to 60, how were you able to get M2 loans? Yeah, it was uh, when I got that call from Paul. I was like, "So, so, it, it, hang on, Paul. You you're earning below average income because of the pandemic. You haven't done your tax returns. You're a discharge bankrupt, and um, you've got very little savings." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had, we can laugh about it now, Paul. But remember yeah. at the time, yeah. And um, I was like, "Okay," but I'm I'm so genuinely humbled when people reach out to me that I take it very seriously. And now, one of the things that Paul did that, to his credit, it was I introduced the concept of a para broker or a credit analyst. So I think if there's one thing people take away from this is that it's important that you equip your broker with a para broker or a credit analyst. And what that person does is, is works with the broker uh, behind the scenes, chasing the banks with all the scenarios, entering all the information into the calculators. Because what you're finding is your broker's now very busy just doing compliance. Uh, they're very busy with an incredible amount of inquiries on a daily basis. That uh, if you expect your broker to do all this work, 
then they're only going to deal with the two or three lenders that they're actually very comfortable with. And if it doesn't work, they won't keep diving harder. So one of the things that I've realised up doing this for 20 years is that the industry has moved to where you need to have a credit analyst internally or a power broker. They're kind of interchangeable. And I explained that to Paul and um, to his credit, he goes, yep, um, let's do it. And it's a, it's a cost that I pass on. I don't make anything out of it. I just recruit someone that I know that's very good. So that was the first step. Paul really equipped me with some very, um, very skilled people. And then we went down the path um, strategy about how to go about getting the loan and introducing different loan products. Uh, and as a broker that specialises only in investment in investors, I'm very in tune with those lenders that really want to get you to that fourth or fifth or sixth property, whatever that one um, uh, yeah, that you're trying to get to. And so by um, osmosis and uh, serendipity to some degree, we were able to get some lenders on board um, via low-doc loans, for example. So, you know, we, uh, we drilled deeper and deeper and uh, we came up with a low-doc strategy. And what a journey that was. <laughs> uh, we, cha- we had to change accountants midway through it. Do you remember, Paul? And, yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, um, to do yeah. a movie on it, Netflix series. <laughs> yeah, and the banks were taking forever. Oh my God. <laughs> so the timeframes kept being pushed out. Um, and um, yeah, so, you know, Paul and I were having just regular conversations and, and getting the power broker involved as well. Uh, yeah, so we were able to, you know, find our way through to the appropriate lender and the appropriate low doc uh, lending that was perfect uh, for Paul. And with the first, uh, first lender, uh, we got, uh, was that, I've got some notes here, 3.14, which is not bad for a low-doc loan. And, and then That's the very st- good for a low-doc loan. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it, was just, it was just so, you know, as we started getting the wins, Paul, it was, getting, it was just getting better. And I was like, come on, Paul, let's get the second <laughs> one now, mate. You're up and running. You've got your refinance through. Exciting. It's, it's, it's stressful. That <laughs> was wonderful. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Paul went through a phase of uh, struggling to, to buy in this certain location that he was looking at. And I was like, having done the course PK, I was like, Paul, what about these suburbs here? And then, bing, the light bulb went off and Paul was like a, like a bull at the gate, mate. He was around <laughs> the property and yeah, kudos to him, you know. So, uh, but there was, there was a, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, heartache and stress and, and things like that. But we pulled through in the end and, we're talking about two more properties now. Mm. So from a situation where we had below average incomes, you know, checking credit history, very little savings through to now, ex, you know, having done our second one, we're looking at third and fourth ones, which is, you know, kudos <laughs> to you, Paul. Miraculous, John. <laughs> oh, my God. It's been amazing. And, uh, and also I, I was uh, flowering a little bit with the um, – Putting in the wrong information into the course, uh, into the um, into the formula, and, uh, and I think I was just there was just so much going for me. And that's what I said. And John, I think we we're just having a general conversation. I said, "Oh my God, I didn't, <laughs> I'm putting in the wrong information. I don't know what I'm doing." And, um, and of course, it's very it's a very easy process if you put in the right information. But I was yeah. getting a bit confused at one point, and um, and John said, "Look." <laughs> Don't ever say I don't look after you and gave me this list of places. He said, focus on this one. I was like, and when I looked at the stats, 
And then I noticed that PK later on, I think it was a week later, you'd also mentioned it in, the, um, in, in some sort of a forum. I thought, oh, my God, this place is incredible. Like all of this, all the data is just ridiculous. And when I ran up the percentage, I said, yeah, there's only one other competitor. And I put in a reasonable price and it was straight off the bat accepted. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is crazy. It was so exciting. I mean, it's not every day that you you have a broker as enthusiastic and passionate yeah. and on your side. Like there's oh something God. comforting yeah. knowing that the person cares. It's like, okay, they're, exactly. they're not just going to clock off at five o'clock. Yeah. You know, if you need them, they're going to be there. That, oh, that's, absolutely. that's what I find. And, and it's not just you, Paul. Um, John has done that um, for numerous clients. Um, and Oh, I think almost every week someone watches the YouTube videos that I've done with John and they're like, I, I can't find him on Google. I'm like, it's M-A-N-C-I-A-M-E-L. Yeah, I have to spell the name just so they can. But yeah, hi- highly recommended. And and the obviously yeah, the other thing is he's done my course. So the community aspect, you know, everyone helping each other. Um, yeah. that, that's really yeah, powerful. It was really important. Sorry to interrupt you there, but that, that was really significant because John is a wise agent and, uh, and and using the data and we're all in it together. <laughs> You're in it. I'm in it. John's in it. Um, and John's like a really good mate who's got my back, who's happy to, he's a very busy man, so he can't talk all the time, but when he's available, quality conversations, really inspirational kind of, no, we can do it, you know, that kind of coaching and encouragement and um because it has been really stressful at times of course with the level of complexity so um yeah so thank you pk for having john on your videos because otherwise i would never have met him and this was a really good match made in heaven for me because it is the last uh <laughs> the last set of uh, run to the finish line i could make and uh, thank god i've got you guys no nice one and and maybe just a. Uh... A um, couple of last things. Uh, are you able to take us through, Paul, your properties? So I know you've got one in Perth sure. and Townsville. What was like, I don't know if you remember the exact numbers, but, you know, the purchase price, rent, um, just just some yeah, high-level info? Of course. So uh, in Townsville, um, brilliant suburb, um, met the criteria. So will be, um, you know, reasonable um, growth, I think, in the short term, definitely in the longer term. Bought it for low threes. I think three hundred five. We probably need to spend another seven on it, um, and it's renting at three hundred and eighty-five per week. Nice. Um, it's a brick house, so no painting in five or ten years, which is good. Um, yeah, the building pest said this is a solid house, mate. One of the old red brick ones. This will last you forever, um, and so really good return. Actually, um, one of the people you recommend as a property manager, she had someone who's joining their staff who is renting the house. So even more sense of security about that one. Mm-hmm. The second one that's is... A, that's a 6.6% yield, PK. Yeah. yeah. And that's... I, I just want to... Yeah. That's what's <laughs> phenomenal about these locations. It's like, you know, you've got a solid asset. And by the way, not all of Townsville floods. You know, there are good pockets and bad pockets like in any town and city. And, you know, 6.6, you just can't go wrong. Interest rates go up. It's like, whatevs, you know, like it's still giving you cash flow. And let me just ask you on that point, John, um, you know, there's always this kind of age old, I don't know, debate. I should buy within five kilometers of Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, CBD. I should buy a blue chip asset. 
why are we investing in 300k properties in a whoop whoop far north Queensland? Like, what is that ever going to do? You know, you've been in the game, John, for longer than I have. <laughs> You're more experienced, really yeah. wiser than I than I am. Um, what is your philosophical or now data driven take? You know, is it okay to buy in these regional areas or do regional areas never grow? Is regional just a terrible investment? Should we be buying $1 million properties only or are 300K ones okay? Yeah, that's a really good question, PK. I'm very humbled you've asked me. In fact, I actually did an article on this and uh, pulled the article all together and I did one for each state of Australia. So capital city versus the major regionals in the, in the um, I can send it to you if you like. Uh, um, yeah, and, and it's all good news, PK. It's it's a complete myth, as you pro- as you well know. It's a complete myth that regionals do not grow. Uh, I think the key though is really getting it down to the granular level of the suburb. As we all know, it's the suburb that causes the growth. Uh, you know, and the thing is, you will find those capital cities that will have their time in the sun, and you know, media will go on about it. But we, we forget that the regionals do grow and it's statistically proven. Uh, if you're welcome, you're welcome to reach out to me and I can send you the article whoever's watching this. Uh, it's an interesting, yeah, very, very interesting number. So, look, in answer to your question, uh, particularly at the moment and for the next couple of years, as you know, the regional areas are going to outperform. I mean, Sydney and Melbourne's just, well, let's not even go there, but they will outperform. And that's why I'm really excited, PK. I, I get so excited when someone reaches out to me from your, your clip because I know what's going to come for them. Mm. And uh, whilst people see me as a mortgage broker, I'm actually in the business of, de- of delivering investment properties to clients and I just happen to get monetized through finance. So I'm in this journey with you. And if I don't like what you're, if I, if I see an area you don't like, I can't help but I go, dude, the growth has gone up too much. Like, why are you doing? PK says it's 40%. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, just follow the system, right? Like, just follow it. <laughs> we need to, yeah, reinvent the wheel. So look at the data on um, in this regional area here, and there's so much opportunity. Uh, and this country is amazing. This is just an incredible country that, you know, in the space of 10, 15 years, you can really, really change generations of, of family. 100%, 100%. And, you know, like, if you understand data, Paul, you can probably testify to this, but if you understand data, you don't necessarily need to compete with the herd. Like I remember so many of us bought in Townsville, including me, um, last year, and no one was talking about, no one's talking about the news, no one's talking about the forums, no one's talking about YouTube. You know, nowadays there are YouTubers or other people coming out saying Townsville's not a bad idea. I'm like, not a good idea to invest. I'm like, We've already made 30,000, 30% growth, like in less than 12, and that's going to carry. So the, I, the point is that you don't have to follow the herd. You know, you and I, Paul, live in Brisbane. We could easily have bought in Brisbane, but could you have got a loan to buy something for $800,000 in Brisbane yeah. at a 4% yield? Probably not. Exactly. And as I was saying yeah. earlier in terms of, um, you know, when the, the investors, I, I, not sure, but from my experience over the years, uh, tend to be like a herd. If a few of them are getting some runs on the board, others are like, oh, what's the name of that place? What's the name of that yeah. suburb? And they all converge. Um, and I saw that when I was, because I was buying two, I bought within two weeks of each other, but I'd spent a long time researching, putting relationships and all the rest of it with real estate agents. And, um, and it was really interesting because when I followed the, the system exactly, um, as I was saying earlier, like 
when I it took a long time to do to get Townsville happening, and by the time I'd done that, um, areas in Perth that I was looking at a month before, six weeks before, um, building relationships with the real estate agents then, and in particular suburbs that were showing the exact kind of meeting the meeting the threshold of all the different um, data points, of which there are many. Um, and then I went back to them and said, oh, sorry, mate, it probably be, and it was too late. And the the herd had arrived. And they, then I was then competing with so many people. I thought, I'm out of here. I don't want to talk to this estate. I want to talk to, I want to go to a different place. And there's this little pocket in Perth that is gold. And I don't know if, it, like you mentioned at one time, um, certainly John was very generous enough to uh, do the data crunching with your course for me at the time because I was getting a bit flustered. And um, and it's just like, oh, my God, the herd have arrived. This is where the opportunities, I think, are, is before the, the herd arrived. And this is what the course points you to. They're about to get here. So if you get here now before the massive amount of competition which drives the price up, um, that's the value. Yeah. And I think the next few years will really separate the men from the boys, so to speak, you know, when the market isn't just going to go up willy-nilly anywhere and everywhere. There will be genuinely patches which will fall. There will be patches that will continue to grow. There will be patches that will plateau. So, you know, in data, we trust, so to speak, you know, that it's just <laughs> the, the best thing. I can make mistakes. You guys can make mistakes. But the data is what it is. Um, that, yeah. That's so important to understand. And the good news in terms of finance in general, PK, <clears throat> it's, it's not doom and gloom. Like there is, the lenders want to lend you money. And this fierce competition at the moment so you know if you feel like you're you're maxed out don't don't uh, just keep searching and keep pushing because you, yeah you'd be surprised you know and contrary to popular opinion you know like you you know this john mortgagee and possession defaults all this th- all this stuff is at record lows like it's at record lows like it's it's even better than pre-covid levels so yeah. Anyone who thinks, oh, there's, you know, there's kind of doom and gloom coming, we just have to rely on the statistics. Maybe the statistics are wrong, in which case I don't know what I'm doing, but that's the best we have to, to go by. Yeah. And, you know, it, interesting, just following on from that point, PK, one of the reasons we're having a rental crisis at the moment is four years ago, I was on Sky News and I was calling this. Then the Royal Commission came out. The banks made it so hard to get any sort of construction finance or building finance. It was just hard in general. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to really impact us down the track. And obviously, there's all these other influences since then, like the pandemic and labour shortages and stuff like that. But that was a, no one talks about that period. Three, four years ago, I had 10 inquiries coming in. The banks were just sitting on their arms saying, no, until this is over. And so we had a couple of years there where we were underfunding construction in the country. Yeah, I've I've never lived through this period where there's just been such bad, um, such low rec- low rental vacancies across the board. I mean, everywhere. Yeah, which which it's not it's not a good thing in society. I love Australia being so egalitarian, but you know, as an investor, that's just that's just incredible. That gives you so much comfort moving forward, saying, "Hey, you know what? If interest rates go up, it doesn't matter. I, I'm really still going to stay positively geared." That's uh, it. Sorry, Pig. I just realised I forgot to mention my second one. I mentioned the first one. <laughs> sorry. And, and and just just when you just before yeah. you do as well, Paul. Like re- I just want to do that segue because what you said, John, with the the rental crisis. You know where you've bought, Paul Townsville, in that particular pocket, actually in Perth as well. 
you're going to, I mean, famous last words, but you're going to see a two to $5,000 rental increase in the next 12 months, right? And so interest rates are going up, let them go up. We're going to get the capital growth and the rent's going to offset the interest rate rise. That's, that's the reality. And as long as you have good property investors that take care of their tenants, that's actually what Australia needs. It needs more property investors yeah. because the government does a pretty lousy job in social housing, to be honest. Um, they just don't have enough of it. So we need more private sector housing and it's investors like you, Paul, that are solving the problem that, that you're John talking about. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead with the second. No, no, sorry, I completely forgot to give you the second property. <laughs> so the second property is in Perth. The numbers basically, they bought it for three fifty, fully renovated. It's on a sand pit, so a bit of landscaping, probably ten k of sand of, um, of of landscaping. So it'll be about three sixty, I think three sixty, three sixty five. It's looking between four hundred and four thirty per week rent. Amazing. Amazing. So I think I'll just sort of last thing I'll ask you guys is just kind of like your best advice for someone in your situation, Paul, you, you know, you were on the other side of the river, you grabbed a boat, you crossed the river, you, you have that luxury of perspective and hindsight now. And I think the, the kind of, the good thing is that you, you sort of had the curiosity to know yourself, you know, you've been through hell and back, so to speak, you had the curiosity to know yourself and then you had the courage to do something about it. You had the courage to be yourself. I want to be a property investor. I'm not going to, you know, just rely on a government pension. I'm actually going to set myself up for retirement. You had both the curiosity and the courage. The question that I have for you, Paul, um, is how can other people build the courage to achieve what not you're achieving, but also you will yeah. achieve in the future. How can they actually get there in, yeah. in your sort of age bracket and with your experiences? Yeah, and that's a really good question. So for me, it's, um, you know, I, I've always kept my, I've kept true to my values, um, being very compassionate, but also being quite upset with people, processed a lot of that negative emotion through me. So coming out the other end, feeling very good about myself um, because I did hold on to my values. I haven't really been... Um, you know, I haven't done anything in, you know, kind of response to a lot of things that have happened. Um, and the other thing is um, it is so easy once you've had so many setbacks that are <clears throat> incredibly unfair um, to start to lose hope. There was a thing um, like almost like learned helplessness. Um, but it's just that sense that if there's learning along the way, like looking back and reviewing and learning and thinking, okay, I do have a bit of naivety, so I need to work on that. I do trust people too easily. I need to work on that. I'm not going to lose my trust in humanity or you guys <laughs> and, and a few others, um, but um, it has to be earned in a way. It has to be demonstrated through actual, you know, evidence um, and then just not to lose hope. And from that perspective, then it's overcoming fear of, oh, I'm too old or I'm too this or that, and just taking action. And, and there were so many times during this process where I was thinking, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing anymore because I've been through so many bad experiences, thinking, oh, you know, in finance, I don't, I'm, I'm hopeless or whatever, and because, of all, you know, it's all been such a disaster, even though a lot of well, all of it really hasn't been you know, exactly myself to blame. But anyway, and then there was that sense of, you know, anxiety and self-doubt. And just thinking, no, just trust the data. The data doesn't lie. Um, and I've got two people 
in my life, which are you guys, um, and the course and the data, and and just to take action, even when I felt like I haven't got the energy, I don't have the confidence, I don't feel like I can, and just do it anyway. So there'll be times where I bring up real estate and it's going, oh, this is not going to work. That's okay. Keep doing it anyway. <laughs> you know. So for me, that's been a really important part of the process. It's so good to hear that. So good to hear that. I see the journey come full circle. So it's really rewarding for me to to hear your words. And and John, what what would be your advice to someone in their fifties that is thinking, hey, you know, I'm not rich. I'm on a normal income, maybe less than average income. Should I get into property investing? I've left my retirement planning way too late. I should have started twenty years ago, but there's nothing I can do about that now. You know, what would be your advice to them just generally and maybe from a finance perspective as well? Yeah. Well, firstly, Paul, your inspiration, mate. Thank you. You've inspired a lot of people that are going to be watching this. So kudos to you and PK. Just keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're changing people's lives. Uh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Uh, look, you know, you'd be surprised at what you can do. Uh, if you can reach out to someone that you can trust, then you'd be surprised what you can do. You know, you may not have any cash, but maybe your parents have got some, all right? Uh, there, there are so many ways to get in, but you've got to have that desire, that willingness, and what I call confirmation bias. Surround yourself by people that really want this to work for you, okay, and that don't have a, a hidden agenda. And then you'll be surprised how all, all the ducks will fall into place. Now, when it comes to someone like me, I really want you to take away this thought of whoever, whether you use me or another broker, to, it, it's gotten to a point now with finance that you need to have a credit analyst. So if you're thinking it's all too hard and it's not, it, um, you know, I'm not sure if I can borrow anymore and that sort of stuff, then sometimes it's just about equipping your broker with a credit analyst or a para broker. Uh, it's something we haven't discussed before in the past, PK, but that's where the industry is heading at the moment. And, um, and what it does is it opens up that broker from working three or four hours initially on your file to improve your borrowing capacity to 20 hours. And all of a sudden, the nuggets start to appear and solutions start appearing. Um, and in your 50s, you should have had some super. So, you know, perhaps inquire with your financial planner or accountant about that avenue. You know, that's an amazing resource that's just sitting there uh, waiting for you to get started. So as you can see, you know, I could talk about this for hours. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very, I'm very humbled by by having you guys on my side as well, so to speak. You know, the character that you've shown, Paul, and and the expertise that you that you bring, John. And I think my two cents, for what it's worth, is you know we compare ourselves too easily. You know, we we think that I'm I'm of a certain age. I should have had you know, a partner by now, I should have had two kids by now, I should have had a Mercedes in the garage, I should have had a paid off house. But we, you know, create these expectations, this pressure for us. But in truth, we're not better or worse than anyone, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're, no, we're not ahead or behind anyone else. We're all on our own journeys. And so my advice to anyone, whether they're in their 50s, 60s or 40s or whatever, is just be true to yourself, have the curiosity to know yourself, and then have the courage to be yourself. That that's kind of something I've been meditating upon lately. So I thought I'd reiterate that. And and you guys are really good examples of that. So yeah, once again, Paul Paul Martin is his last name, by the way, guys. If anyone wants to in the community and client community, if anyone wants to tag him and ask any further questions, Paul, thank you so much 
for your time. I'm very grateful. Yeah. And um, uh, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. Me hope. And, and John as well, of course. I know everyone's going to want to know how to spell your last name. <laughs> so John Menchimelli. Yeah, maybe it's just easy to say Hunterwood. If you just Google hunterwood.com.au, that's the name of my business. And yeah, it's all there. But, you know, PK, again, it's all, you've started this and we're all very, so humble, mate, because you brought data into our world in a way that possibly no one has. And uh, you've explained it in a way that's pretty, pretty sexy, mate. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. And, and for everyone who's listening, thank you for doing so. Yeah, hopefully this inspired you. These aren't just normal stories that, you know, John's not trying to sell something. Paul's not trying to sell something per se. These are just real human beings who are at a stage in their lives where they don't have to get on a Zoom session with me, but I'm very grateful that, that they did. And I'll just reiterate exactly what Paul said before. I don't mind whether it's with me or not, but take action. Mm-hmm.